If you're looking to buy a home, or you know someone who is, then you certainly know about the drastic changes that the housing market has experienced in what seems to be a very short period of time. Prices at an all-time high, bidding wars, and properties selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars over asking price. The real estate market in southwestern Ontario has been breaking records in the past year. But are these numbers here to stay, or is this a bubble that will inevitably burst? We hope that by the end of this episode, we'll have answered some of your questions and maybe even leave you feeling a little more hopeful about buying a home. This is the 519 Podcast, and we're taking a look at what has made homes in our region such priceless commodities and where the real estate market is headed. Here's your host, Craig Needles. If you're one of the many who's been browsing real estate website listings and asking yourself, what the heck's going on? I'll never be able to afford any of these prices. Well, you're not alone. Mike Moffat's a Canadian economist who's been closely following the skyrocketing prices in southwestern Ontario. He says that story is sadly a very common one. Prior to the pandemic, we had uh, prices going up 10 to 15% a year across southwestern Ontario just due to a lack of homes, uh, that we've had a lot of, uh, uh, we've had our population growing, uh, particularly a lot of uh, 20 and 30 somethings uh, who you know, like this province, want to settle down and raise a family and are, are finding a real sort of shortage of homes. Then the pandemic hit and we coupled all of those shortages uh, with uh, very low interest rates, which allow people to, to place bigger bids uh, when they're purchasing a home, uh, coupled with uh, high savings rates for sort of white collar professionals. So you, you have a whole sort of class of people who otherwise aren't spending all that much money during the pandemic. They can't go on vacation, they can't go out, they can't do the things they like to do. So they're saving money and kind of plowing it back into the real estate market. Now, the thought had been, and it still exists among some people, um, that uh, you know, when interest rates go back up and, and households aren't saving as much, that we'll have a big sort of market correction. And certainly those factors uh, will, will cool down the housing market. But you know, what, what we're seeing on the ground uh, is that continued demand uh, from, again, population growth. So, you know, are prices going to grow 40% a year? You know, most certainly not. But we're not necessarily going to have a crash either. If the population keeps growing faster than our ability to build homes, then that demand is going to be there. So there is a very real chance that these prices, these high prices are here to stay. We also talked with Stuart Blair from Oldland and Blair Real Estate Group in London to get a better perspective on how these prices are impacting the market and potentially first-time buyers. It's been interesting. It's been uh, uh, incredibly frustrating at times. Um, you are showing people, um, you know, countless homes. You're watching young families or established families get excited about homes. Um, only to then have to tell them that they're going to have to compete against, you know, just pick a number out of a hat. It can be, you know, at, at lunchtime on the day, it could be maybe you're only going to compete about against five people, but then by the time the offers are due in the evening, it could be 20. It could, I've seen them as high as 30, 35. Supply drives demand. That's not a secret. Everybody knows that. But what's happening now is there is not enough supply and demand is coming from outside the region. There are bidders from Toronto that are coming into London. There are bidders from London that are coming into Wingham or Goderich. It means that there is a cascading impact that is sure to have an impact on the market for years to come. 
Uh, Chatham Kent is a, a prime example that it, it, it had actually been depopulating up until about 2006 or 2016. Now the population's going back up again. Families are going there because they go, well, it's less expensive. You know, it's a, it's a nice place and it's less expensive than, than Windsor or London. So you're seeing an influx of, of young families. Um, and, and municipalities are, you know, planning planning on this and, uh, you know, using it for growth. So we're seeing this across Southern Ontario, that it's not it's not just your Londons, your, your Kitcheners and your Windsors, but it's a lot of communities of five, six, 10, 20,000 people. You know, it's, it's, it's your Lucans and your Strathroys that are growing as well. Garnett Tulp is a real estate agent in the Chatham-Kent area. He expands on that example. Like in Chatham-Kent, right? We'll take Wallaceburg, for example, Wallaceburg, Ontario. It's a smaller community, but it's, you know, 20 minutes from Chatham and roughly 40 minutes from Sarnia. There's a lot of people that are being pushed out of the Sarnia market and moving to Wallaceburg and just making the commute every day. The The market has definitely taken a major shift um, over the course of the last four or five years here in Chatham-Kent. Um, it was a very, very stable market. Oh, I'm going to go back at least 15, 20 years where you could walk into a neighborhood and practically know a list price for a home. Um, now Chatham started to get, uh, started to catch on about four or five years ago. Um, Cause our, our market here was relatively cheap uh, cost of living compared to other places like the GTA or Northern Ontario or Ottawa um, is very, very cheap. So you can have a better quality of life. So people started gobbling up the real estate. Um, some to retire here, uh, some for investment properties. But uh, since then, we have absolutely taken off with major, major growth. Um, and so up to date now with COVID happening and the migration of people because they, they realize they're not going to have to live where they work anymore. Um, they're looking for better places and better opportunities. There are only so many houses. The population is growing and we're seeing a shortage. We're not building houses fast enough. It all comes down to supply and demand. And there just hasn't been the supply on the market. Um, so not only is there a housing shortage, it also pushes and puts a great amount of pressure on the rental market. Um, so rents are going through the roof too because there's just not enough places for people people to rent or buy at this point if they want to be here. And if you want to get into either one of those markets, you have to pay a much higher price than you would have just a few years ago. I mean, they're, they're building as quick as they can. Um, I, I, I follow the, the new builds rather closely and I know they're struggling with construction, uh, mostly getting supplies. So they're running behind, which doesn't help the matter either, right? Um, that's just adding to the stress of the market. What Moffat noticed is that most of the people who are looking to buy a house at this moment are in their 20s and their 30s, but they're struggling to get their feet in the door in the real estate market. A one-bedroom apartment would be luxury. They're not even getting that far. Right. You know, they're they're often uh, having having roommates or or living with their parents, and we're we're seeing this uh, across North America, but it seems more so in Ontario, this sort of delayed family formation that, uh, you know, people in their, their twenties and often in their thirties just get priced out of the market, both the ownership market and even the rental market, um, and decide that, Hey, I'm going to have to continue to live with three roommates or continue to live with my parents. They're, they're putting off, uh, getting married. They're, they're putting off having kids, all of these, you know, sort of rites of passage. And I think that, that that's a real problem, all right? That you have an entire generation 
uh, that's getting priced at the housing market. And that trend seems to be applying all over southwestern Ontario, certainly in Chatham-Kent. As an example, I guess would be, you know, five years ago, you could buy a really nice home in a nice subdivision for $200,000, right? So your down payment, 5%, you know, not very much, right? Now that same house is well over 400,000, probably mid fours. And so you still have to come up with that 5% and it's becoming a struggle. It's becoming a massive struggle, like to be able to come up with that much money, you know, $20,000, $25,000 in savings. And my problem, my other worry is, you know, a couple a couple working here full time, you know, you know, making a decent living for Chatham Kent. Um, these people can work full time and they still can't afford a home. So those are the problems that are here currently. And I think it's going to be a growing problem here in, in the next couple of years. And I'm hoping there's going to be some flexibility that shows up here shortly for it. Because the, the rents here have also increased. I don't even want to give you a percentage, but I, I can tell you like to rent a, a two bedroom apartment, you know, an average apartment here uh, five years ago was maybe eight, $900 um, to get that same apartment. Now uh, you, you could be looking, you're, you're looking at 14, 15, 1600. Um, I see brand new apartments going for almost $2,000. Um, so of course, if you're, if you're trying to rent and save a down payment, you know, now you're pushing large amounts of your money into just being able to rent a place. So it is definitely a stressor on people who are trying to get into the market. I'm, I'm always getting calls about trying to help people find a, a you know, a rental unit of some sort. Um, the real stress on all this too, on buyers is first time home buyers. They're trying to get in the market. Um, you know, they've got a budget and a lot of times the budget does not exceed the average house in Chatham. So they're struggling, um, you know, and then they're, they're putting in offers and they're getting outbid and, you know, they get frustrated. Um, it's a big, big concern. It's a big worry that I have uh, looking down the road. And I'm hoping somewhere along the line, there's some adjustments made to help these people out. Obviously, it sounds like a very bleak situation for someone who's looking to buy their first home or go to a home that's bigger than the one they have right now. Maybe their family is expanding. But the solution might just be as simple as creating some more supply to fill that demand. You know, what what we're seeing since about 2016 um, is the number, you know, for every three new, um, uh, sorry, for every four new families, there's only three new homes. So, you know, that ratio has to change. We need to get, you know, one extra home built uh, for, for every four families, again, to get supply and demand back in balance. You know, we need to, we need to see more quantity because that's, that's the only way we can fix this. We can, you know, have all of these sort of special tax credits for first time home buyers. We can do all of these things on the margin. But the end of the day, if there are three families all bidding on one family home, no matter what the price of that is, two of those families are going to walk away. So we need to get back to a market where for every buyer, there's a seller. So we can get back to sort of a, a certain level of, uh, of fairness and a certain level of equity on the market where you're, you're not having all of these bidders bid up against each other. 
Will housing supply issues be the focus of upcoming elections? There's certainly some hope for that. How the parties address the current housing dilemma will not only affect the results of the vote potentially, but also could impact the real estate pricing in southwestern Ontario. The biggest push for the housing market is going to come from the different levels of government. I know the provincial government's looking into some changes. I have heard of some changes on the federal level um, uh, from, you know, obviously there's an election probably coming up here. And uh, so I've heard some whispers about that. Um, and our local government here is trying to do different things too, like build, uh, you know, those tiny homes and stuff like that, just trying to get people into different markets. Um, the local government here is also, or the municipal government, I'll say, um, is also really pushing uh, for getting apartments and condos built. We have three new apartment buildings uh, being built. Um, so that's going to alleviate some pressure on the rental market. Uh, so that's a good sign. There might not be anything more frustrating right now than trying to become a first-time home buyer. You get your hopes up, you see a property you love, then all of a sudden you're not going to be able to afford it. You realize that listing prices are far lower than they could be. You're competing with people from the GTA who have sold multi-million dollar homes, and you know that most of us have no chance against them in that sort of a bidding war. Historically, if you were maybe competing against one or two people, um, if you included a nice letter, and, the, and the, the conditions of the contract and the dollar bar values weren't super far apart, you, you had a chance. At, at least you went into it knowing you had a chance. We'll see what happens with the real estate market over the next few years. Maybe it will slightly decline. Maybe it'll keep going up. Maybe not this fast, but perhaps it keeps going up. Either way, what we're doing right now is not sustainable for families, and it's not sustainable for the economy. We'll see what sort of plans politicians may have to fix it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 519 Podcast. It was written and produced by Haley Cheng, Jessica Stokes, Patrick Magermans, and Craig Needles. Remember, you can subscribe for free to the 519 Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen at blackburnnews.com. The 519 Podcast is a presentation of Blackburn Media.